All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. We are coming to you. Uh, what are we doing, Jake? This appears to be some sort of uh, Torah portion. Torah portion? Yes, this is week 12. And uh, how do you say it here? Vayeki? Yes. Vayeki? So, and he lived. So we're going to take a look at week 12 and... Week 12, we uh, may get into the weeds a little bit on this it's one. It's a little so, weedy. Yeah, a little weedy. So <laughs> uh, we appreciate you commenting, liking, subscribing. We really appreciate there are a lot of people leaving comments now, and we appreciate it. Yep. So, And uh, we read each one of them. Every single one. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we usually give you a heart back. Yeah. And like a thumbs up or something in there. Yeah. We respond to all the all the comments. That's right. So we, we attempt to. Yes. So we appreciate with such a that. following, you know, it's it's hard to be. Yes, the fan mail is sometimes <laughs> ridiculous. So, but we appreciate you being here and checking this out. So we do have a whole YouTube playlist on the Torah portions, and we encourage you to check these out. Yes, sir. But bottom line is, it'd be better yet to um, if you haven't read the Torah portion, just hang this up. And uh, do you Are hang we... this up? Yes. And then Just you hang go, it right up like a phone. And then you go read it. And go read it for yourself. So that's more important than anything we have to say. Yeah. Because then but, you can come on here and say, oh, that Matt and Jake, they got something right. Yeah. Or maybe. they're full of it. Maybe. And, uh, so let us yeah. know. Yeah. You won't know unless you read it yourself. That's right. So with no further ado, <laughs> so we will move right along if the commit this machine will let us. Okay, so we're going to look at this term, uh, 153. we got a lot of fish here, Jake. It's fishy. Lots of fishy. So let's examine some scriptures about people being fish in the prophecy of fishers of men. And this is kind of where we're going to hang out while we're uh, going yeah. through the portion. Yeah. So. yeah, we're kind of hung up on one particular part of this Torah portion. Yeah. So Again, this is meant to hit the highlights. So, And we figured this was probably the highlight of this section for yeah for these yeah. purposes so and this genesis 47 28 through 50 correct 52 i guess 50 verse 2 all right so let's establish this concept of fishing for people and uh, people being fish so this is ezekiel 26 1 through 7 jake will you read this and it came to pass in the 11th year in the first day of the month that the word of yahweh came unto me saying Son of man, because that Tyrus has set against Jerusalem, aha, she is broken. And that was the gates of the people. She has turned unto me. I shall be replenished. Now she has laid waste. Therefore, thus says Yahweh Elohim, behold, I am against thee, O Tyrus, and will cause many nations to come up against thee as the sea causes his waves to come up. And they shall destroy the walls of Tyrus and break down her towers. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for the spreading of nets in the midst of the sea. For I have spoken it, says Yahweh Elohim, and it shall become a spoil to the nations. And her daughters which are in the field shall be slain by the sword, and they shall know that I am Yahweh. For thus says Yahweh Elohim, Behold, I will bring up Tyrus Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, a king of kings from the north, with horses and with chariots, and with horsemen and companies and much people. So I highlighted this spreading of nets. Yes, in the midst of the sea. And then Ezekiel 26, 12 through 15. And they shall make 
a spoil of thy riches and make a prey of thy merchandise and they shall break down thy walls and destroy thy pleasant houses and they shall lay thy stones and thy timber and thy dust in the midst of the water and I will cause the noise of thy songs to cease and the sound of thy harps shall be no more heard and I will make thee like the top of a rock thou shall be a place to spread nets upon thou shall be built no more for I Yahweh have spoken it says Yahweh Elohim. Thus says Yahweh Elohim to Tyrus, Shall not the isles shake at the sound of thy fall, when the wounded cry, when the slaughter is made in the midst of thee? So once again, concept of nets being spread net out. spreading in the, in the ocean. And then Ezekiel 29, 4, But I will put hooks in thy jaws, and I will cause the fish of thy rivers to stick into thy scales, and I'll bring thee up out of the midst of the rivers, and all the fish of thy rivers shall stick into your scales. And then Ezekiel 29, 5, And I will leave thee into the wilderness, thee and all the fish of thou rivers. Thou shalt fall upon the open fields. Thou shalt be, thou, thou shalt not be brought together nor gathered. I have given thee for meat to the beast of the field and to the fowls of heaven. So here, the fish. Jake, who are the fish? The fish are people. Yes. So we had nets. Now we got fish being people. All right, Jake, uh, Ezekiel 47, 9 and 10. And it shall come to pass, everything that lives, which moves whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live, and there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live with whither the river cometh. Say that a million times fast. Okay, and it shall come to pass, this is verse 10 now, that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Eneglam, they shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceeding many. Once again, is this talking about fish? Uh, this, is a, this is a people situation. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely a concept of people being fish. And then uh, we do have some sound on this one. I so. guess, uh, yeah, you got to club them. <laughs> Jeremiah 16, 16, Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and or Yahweh, and they shall fish them, and after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from everywhere, from every mountain, from every hill, and out of the holes of the rocks. So once again, the fish and the fishers, we're talking about people. Right. You're fishing for people. Just like... The video. Just like the video. Then if you'll read this one, Jake. Uh, this is Habakkuk 115. Uh, that's a fun one to say. He brings all of them up with a hook. He drags them out of his net. He gathers them in his drag net. So he rejoices and is glad. So once again, people, it, fish? It's uh, it's people, fish. So it's this, uh, it's basically a harvest of the sea. Yep not the chicken of the sea right that's something different that's chicken okay chicken <laughs> in a can all right so we get this 153 so you may be asking yourself what's the deal with 153 that's a good question i'm glad you ask i'm very glad also so let's read john 21 okay simon peter thomas also known as didymus nathaniel from cana in galilee the sons of zebedee and two other disciples were together I'm going out to fish, Simon told uh, Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. 
early in the morning, Yeshua stood in, on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Yeshua. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Uh, when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. What's that large number? Maybe we'll find out. Uh, continuing on, then the disciple whom Yeshua loved. I love how John does this, too. Yes. He's always, and the one he loved. Yes. Wink, wink, nudge, uh, nudge. Me. <laughs> uh, said to Peter, uh, it is the master. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the master, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, oh. as they do, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore. But Peter just couldn't wait. About a hundred yards, uh, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals where there was fish on it and some bread. Yeshua said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Yeshua said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was uh, the master. Yeshua came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Yeshua appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. All right, so we clearly established in the previous ones that people could be fish, right? Correct. And so here we have this example of, and we found it perplexing, why does he just say 153? Why wouldn't you say it just caught a bunch of fish? Yeah, it's kind of specific. So there were Greek words for, for instance, multitude of fish. Right. But he, he uses this very specific number. So let's take a look at the number. So when you look at... So we'll, we'll look at this scripture in close. Just, you know, he went to, um, he told them to um, cast on the right side of the yeah, ship. Yeah. And they were not able to draw them in for the multitude of fishes in 21.6. So just kind of restating that. And then uh, 21.11 is where you have the actual number. He went up and he drew the net to the land full of great fishes. 153. So you could almost say 153 is being likened to a multitude. Yes. Yes. And not only a multitude, but a great. Ooh, a great multitude. multitude. Yeah. So well, if you look at the number of 153, so, so we did run into this problem. And even when, you know, we've spent a lot of time looking at this and we spent before we did the show, we went back through it. And, you know, when, when you look at this, you look at 153 in the Greek, it doesn't necessarily say this. But we do believe that if we had a Hebrew version of the Old Testament or the New Testament, it very likely would line up here. I but, think, yeah, it would be more clear. Yeah, yeah. So, and and we, and we do have to say we didn't get this out of thin air. You know, this, this did come from the help. And at the end, we list some sources where you can find more information. And there, there are several people that have thought this before. So, And so this is a kind of go do your homework on it and see what, see what you come up with. Yep. See if it's wrong. Try to prove it wrong. So, but when you add up the numbers and what, uh, what if you just break down 153, this ter ter term, sons of God, um, is connected here. So uh, that is the um, the Hebrew uh, 
in the value for the numbers and you get this 153. Right. Because so, in Hebrew, the letters also are numbers. Yep. Yep. So that's kind of how we got to this 153 and sons of God. So, and then there's not too much of a stretch to say sons of the living God. Well, where do you see that? Well, you see it in Hosea. Hosea 1.10 says, yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as sand of the sea. Can you count that? There's probably 153 of them, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, no, it's more than you can count. Um, it can't be measured nor numbered. And shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. It's a beautiful picture. Yeah, think about what he's saying there, too. It's being said to those who are told, You are not my people. Yes. So something so bad has happened there. Yeah, it was, uh, there's a group of people that weren't his people, and now they are sons of the living Elohim. So. Yeah. And so when you look at this term, it, it is ben cha el, and that's the sons of the living God. And so that is, that is what we're kind of looking at here. So, and that was from the blue letter. So we get this number, 153. So... It doesn't take too much of a stretch to get to here, which is Melhai Goahim, which means the fullness of the Gentiles. So um, we're going to take a so look. So you're at, saying some pl some uh, places translate that yes. to sons of the uh, you'll be called yeah. sons of the living Elohim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, some places will say until the fullness of the nations yes. come. Yes, it depends on kind of what you look at, but they they seem to be connected terms. So when I was researching. Ben Hai Elohim, I would uh, this term would come up often, and so especially in Hebrew and Rabbi circles, this that's kind of what they would say about okay. that term. So, um, but then we're going to take a look at how how does the blessing of Ephraim and Manasseh have anything to do with this, Jake? Right, because that is. In the Torah portion. This is, yeah, we got to go back to the Torah portion somehow here right. before we get too far in the weeds. So how does Ephraim and Manasseh represent the lost sheep? Ooh, that's a fun question. Yeah, we'll take we'll look at that. And then when Israel adopts them, he's redeeming them from Egypt and Babylon. And so um, until we start doing the Torah portions, I don't know that I ever ever got this concept that Israel or Jacob was actually adopting them. Right. Yeah. It, uh, it's like, well, why is he adopting them? Yeah. They have a, they have a dad He's standing right <laughs> they have, there. They have a Joseph for a dad. Yeah. too. In fact, this guy's about to die. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, what, how does that help them? Here's your dad. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> that was, that didn't last long. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Ephraim and Manasseh represent the lost tribe that are assimilated. So we're going to talk about how do they represent the lost tribe. So uh, but I think we've got to look at the Torah portion. And Jake, will you read this? forty-eight? This is Genesis 48, 14 through 16. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand upon the head of Manasseh, crossing his hands. For Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, The Elohim before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the Elohim who has led me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and in them let my name be perpetuated in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. 
All right. So Jake, um, you know, when we think about multitudes of things, have you ever seen birds or fish move in great numbers? Yes. Maybe like a multitude. Like a multitude, so, yes. So um, I've been fascinated before with birds and watching them in the sky and seeing how they they sometimes, they, I don't know what you call that, a flock of birds? Flock. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good word. Like a flock of seagulls. Yes. Uh, hair, haircut. Very similar to um, Matt's hair today. That's right. <laughs> um, hat hair. But, uh, you know, I, I've seen a mass of birds move almost just like fish. Yeah. And so, you know, birds and insects and fish are definitely swarming kind of creatures. Right. And so it's not hard to, to, to see how it doesn't, doesn't take much stretch if you... So you have to go back to the Hebrew. And if you study the Hebrew of grow into a multitude, so grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth, if you look at that, there is a connection to fish. And it depends on the sources, but a lot of sources even even explain this uh as as growing like fish in the sea right so so um and i think we uh, i think we get into that with some we bring some receipts on that yeah so then let's continue to look at genesis 48 all right so continuing when joseph saw his father placing his right hand on ephraim's head he was displeased so he took hold of his father's hand to move it from ephraim's head to manasseh's head joseph said to him no, my father, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He too will become a people, and he too will become great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he, and his descendants will become a group of nations. He blessed them that day and said, In your name will Israel pronounce this blessing. May Elohim make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. So he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Okay. So it's kind of interesting, too, where Joseph's like, um, hey, no, no, no. This hey, isn't think, right. I, I think, think you're confused. I think we have a history of this. Yes. This didn't work out well last time. Yeah. yeah. All right. So in essence, they're adopted by Israel. They're redeemed out of Egypt. Right. And, because Joseph was in Egypt when he had, when he had sons. Mm -hmm, and so this mm -hmm. is kind of bringing them back into the fold. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you see this concept of there's no natural born children in the kingdom. All are born again or the second birth. And so we've seen a whole line of people that were not first born that were kingdom inheritors. Right. You know, so there's a whole, whole long list of those. And, and then it doesn't take much of a step to go, okay, that's like being born again. Right. Mean, but it's not a it's not it's a, a natural birth, order, right. right? It's a second birth, and it's not a natural order. How there's no natural born citizens in the kingdom, right? So we're going to move right along, and we're going to talk about how when he crosses his arms, you get this tav shape, right? The Hebrew letter tav, right? Yep. And so if you look at this, it's kind of like two sticks. That should sound familiar. Yep. Seems like there's something about two sticks coming together being one. Um, the sticks were placed to show a person that they had arrived at a special place. The sticks were used as a reminder of agreement. It's a sign, a covenant. You could even say it's the like the the mark, the cross. Yeah. So, and so in essence, he's forming a cross with his arms, of foreshadowing Yeshua, which right. 
we've done some other things about how Joseph is like Yeshua. Yeah, check those out. Another example. Very interesting. So, all right, and then we're going to take a look at the 12 tribes of Israel. So what happened here? So it looks like Israel had 12 sons. 12 sons, 12 tribes. That's right. But have you ever noticed that all the names don't necessarily match up? Right, because now we have Ephraim and Manasseh to deal with. Yeah, where'd they come from? Joseph. Joseph. And they get adopted into the tribes. And so uh, Simeon gets eventually gets absorbed into Judah. And then you see um, that there's not a Joseph Joseph tribe, is there? No, there's no the tribe, tribe of, of Joseph. Joseph. Didn't get one, but there are two. He got two. Ephraim <laughs> and Manasseh. So, and they're very significant. Right. And in essence, you can make an argument that Joseph went from being in birth order towards the end. To now, he's like the firstborn. Essentially, I mean, he has the uh, the the status of a firstborn. Yeah, which is a fascinating thing and something you should check out and study. But, but anyway, that just kind of helps you understand kind of where we are in this. So let's go back to Genesis 14, 14 You get this word, multitude in the midst of the earth. And so when you break this down, you get this rob, crib, Eris. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and so you get this translation, uh, da, 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 um, which also can mean qual to multiply, increase. And then it's interesting to look at the bottom used is d- to spawn. Spawn kind of sounds like fish. It sounds like it? fish. So. And, I, and, and it's my understanding that that root word is kind of what makes people say fish in the earth mm-hmm. in that scripture. That right. comes, from, comes from that. But study it out. See what you think. So continuing, um, this is the same graphic. And then um, so Adam Clark, which was an old commentary person, he this this came from a direct interpretation where and this is something he said he said let them grow into a multitude and then i don't know what that says jake they robe let them increase like fishes into a multitude fish are the most prolific of all animals so so that has um, he ever seen ants yes i don't know maybe he didn't see ants the movie ants or ants on the ground uh fire ants or ants in your pants yeah so they make you dance but yes fish are very uh multitudinous yes yes and they have a lot of space to be the the ocean's pretty big so um definitely implies spawning rapidly which is what fish do so when you come back to this term mellow high goihim and so what does this mean well i'll just tell you what it means (laughs) it's it's uh it's fullness a handful that which fills multitude fullness so is uh mellow and then goyi is this nation's people usually a non-hebrew people so this is of the nations so it's of swarm of locusts or other animals kind of interesting so i mean you can kind of see how these things can fit together you know um and, and it makes sense so 
Um, another prophecy about Joseph is this one, Jake, Genesis 49, 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. So another comparison to Joseph, this time not a fish, but of being part of the vine in the branch, right. which is another thing that's like Yeshua. Right. Which I don't think we have it in our other list. So, and then if you'll read Genesis 12 as a reminder of what um, is, so so what we just read about Ephraim and Manasseh connected back to this. So Yahweh had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. All right. So we're going to kind of try to put all drive this home. Home run, Jake. Home run. So when the fullness of the Gentiles has come, the mellow high goahim and I, wait, I'm, I'm distracted now. There's, there are really ants crawling there, around here. Yeah. That's so like, <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about ants and I'm like, wait a minute, there's ants here. Sorry. When the fullness of Gentiles is come, the, the mellow high goahim, the multitude of fish, the fullness of the nations are filled with offspring of Abraham and those who join Abraham. The blindness will be taken away, and they'll know that they're of Abraham. And that blindness, I think of Isaac, who was blind, and he couldn't see. Right. Maybe a little bit spiritually and physically as well. And then, Jake, will you read Romans eleven twenty two and tell us how, what, how, what does this mean? Okay. Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of Elohim, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his, continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for Elohim is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature and contrary to nature were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So what does that mean? So this goes back to where we talked about the... um, the people that aren't will be. So the it was uh, the I the Ezekiel scripture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where he said, "You don't uh, the people I did not know. They'll be the people that I that I take in." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so mm-hmm. that's this situation here where he's grafting in those from the nations to the olive tree. Yeah, exactly. So then Elohim will harvest the multitude of fish, Israel, and those who join Israel using a net, the blessings of those who blessed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those who curse Abraham, who lightly esteem him, will not be in the net. Um, they, they will be on the right side of the boat, the side of mercy and blessing. Uh, Elohim will say they're the sons, of Eli- living he- the sons of the living Elohim. They come back and they're obedient to his commandments and live in the land of Israel. That's, so that's not saying that they just that they're in this net now just because they're there but because they become obedient uh to the commands because they yeah they're following torah right remember in uh the romans verse uh we talked about it's uh he says let's go back real quick so i get the verbiage right uh after all if you were cut off cut out of an olive tree uh 
then I can, uh, if they were cut out, then I can cut you out also. And it was because of their unbelief, which we know is tied with obedience. And they weren't saved because of lineage or because they were, quote, a Jew. Right. That's not what's going to save them. Right. And there are people that think that. And I think I can probably argue with some people pretty easily right now that would argue that. But I think what makes you Israel is following his commandments. Right. So... Um, and then they will be conformed in the image of El Elohim, son, and be brought into the land of Israel. So, then the tabernacle of David, the house of David, Judah, and Israel will be restored to the kingdom, will be united under King David, and the world will be ruled by Yeshua. No longer will there be two countries of Judah and Israel. The two sticks will become one. Right. And then will you read Jeremiah three eighteen? In those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north to the land that I have given for an inheritance unto your fathers. And so, uh, depending on where you're watching this, probably in YouTube you can't click on this, but if you look up Rob Skiba in 153, it'll take you to something that he did. And basically 17 through 25, uh, somewhere around in there ish will take you to this and so then we let's look at manasseh and ephraim and so when it comes to this week's torah portion we are talking about ephraim and manasseh and let's look at their names what does their name mean so jake explain to us what their names mean so blb would say manasseh is this causing to forget it's interesting yes and then what about ephraim double ash heap also, I shall be doubly fruitful. The most, you get to pick which one you want. <laughs> I guess. Uh, most people talk about him being the double portion or double fruitful. Right. When you look at the names of the uh, the sons, um, it you can, uh, in their meaning, you'll see there's negative connotation to the meaning, but it also has a positive connotation to their meaning. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the children of forgetting Ephraim, the children of hope of return, knowing that ultimate home is somewhere else. Messiah's right hand on Ephraim. The sign of the cross, the mighty right hand bringing the tribes back. And so if you've never studied the mighty right hand or the mighty right hand of salvation, uh, there is a connection anytime you see in the Torah this term of the mighty right hand is often a reference to Yeshua himself. But Israel is saying one who struggles with God, so Israel means one who struggles with God. And they are actually struggling not to forget who they are. Right. And then back to Jeremiah, and he says what, Jake? I will send fishermen. And so that's how we get to Yeshua on the boat again. Right. So, and then who does Yeshua come to? This is a scripture that everyone should know, Matthew 15, 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So if you are claiming that you're under the the eagle's wings of Messiah, then you want to be in this house of Israel and you want to be a sheep. Do you think you claim to be a Gentile? Uh well, it doesn't look like it. It looks like he says he's here for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
but, but a lot of people say i'm a gentile right i've been like okay well then I, that's something you don't want to be right when you look in ephesians he says they were once gentiles now brought near to the commonwealth of israel uh and so um just like in Romans 11, where it talks about grafted into the, the olive tree. So it all kind of goes together. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to come to an end here pretty quick, and then Jake, read Romans eleven twenty five. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So this is a continuation from grafting into the olive trees so. mm -hmm. and this fullness of the gentiles which goes back to the mel high goahim right 153 so and then and so wait let me back up there so if you wanted to cross-reference something um that would be a good scripture to cross-reference this go back and look at the the uh, greek of the fullness of the gentiles and um see see what that is so yeah and you can kind of cross-reference that with uh the hosea scripture yeah yeah hosea 110 i believe so, it's earlier in the video you can rewind yes <laughs> so isaiah 42 14 through 17 when you read that i have a long i have long time holding my peace i have been still and refrained myself now will i cry like a travailing woman I will destroy and devour at once. I will make waste mountains and hills and dry up all their herbs and I will make the rivers islands and I will dry up the pools and I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. They shall be turned back. They shall be greatly ashamed that trust in graven images that say to the molten images, you are our gods. And let's focus in on this part. Jake, this is us. Do you have any, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? How is this us? Well, because, uh, you know, before you see, you're blind. You're blind. And so uh, when Yahweh opens your eyes and unstops your ears, he's lighting that path out of the darkness for you and he's making the crooked things which is your life before him straight mm -hmm. and then those are the things that he's gonna do to quote unquote them yeah and Ron, how many times have you heard someone say once you see it you can't unsee it and right. that's the same concept of being blind and you you don't go from being seen to going back and being blind i mean yes technically you can <laughs> Um, but even if you do, you still know what things look like. Right. You'd have to lose the memory of the yeah. site. Yeah. So, you know, I first heard this concept with, with Rob Skiba years ago, and, uh, and he talked about um, Ephraim awakening. And, uh, and so in this week's Torah portion, you know, you may look at this and go, man, that was a long time ago. Those were old people. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Really old, long time We're in ago. the New Testament now. Yeah, we're in the New Testament now. So, but it's fascinating to think that that prophecy long ago given to Ephraim and Manasseh is be becoming, being fulfilled. And I believe in this Ephraim awakening, 
is what we're seeing and that's what we're a part of those of you that follow torah and if you don't follow torah and you've just stumbled across it and you're like what in the world so we encourage you to research it and to uh, dive into it if you're if you're new to torah and have questions ask us comment uh, we can help point you in the right direction not that you know somebody jake recently was asking should they say in the name of yeshua at the end of their prayer versus Jesus. And so, you know, and what I would tell you and what I told them is I was like, research it, pray about it. And I believe Yahuwah is going to show you, he's going to reveal himself to you if you're seeking it. And so, you know, with all these things, that's what you have to do. You have to pray about it. You got to seek it. And if you seek, if you ask, seek, knock, you're going to find. That's right. what the scripture says. Right. So anyway, so so Jake, I've, we do need to talk about, there are some sources for this. So um, if you pause this video, maybe you could type in all those letters just right. I don't just know, but type them all in. <laughs> but one of these is a, uh, a Rob Skiba video and, uh, and it's called Jacob's Blessing 153 um, Fish and Ephraim. And I encourage you, if you like this, you could, he goes into, um, you know, possibly a little more detail, but he also got this from this uh, attached link. It's a PDF and that link is wrong because it should say PDF, PDF at, the at the end. end. Something got uh, formatting got a issues. carried away there. So <laughs> when we were typing, so, um, so anyway, let me see if I can just add that on the fly. D-F. Perfect. And hopefully I can go back. And of course, it didn't. There, we got this figured out. Blam. There we go. Look like it never even happened. That's right. There it is. PDF. Seamless. <laughs> Seamless. Perfect. Okay. All right. So Jake, in the end... What was this? This was Vayeki, kind of. Yes. And uh, it was in there. Yeah. It was in there a lot. Uh -huh. uh, so go read the Torah portion and uh, see if you can uh, piece together what uh, we put together here. And Yeah, and, and encourage you to, to check out what does Ephraim and Manasseh mean? How does it connect to Yeshua when he's fishing in the 153? And ask yourself, why did it not just say multitude? Why does it specifically say 153? And maybe this is an answer to that. So, but in the end, well, what do we want people to do, Jake? Uh, read your Bible and uh, also subscribe and check out our other videos. Yes. And uh, just if you Google Sabbath Lounge, you'll find all kinds of information and we appreciate you stopping by. And this is Matt and Jake signing off.